as we know it, Jesus took the bread. There were three pieces of bread, lots of bread, and they were enfolded. And he took the middle piece out. And normally they would break it in half and then rewrap it and then hide it and then have the youngest person or try to find the, I think, I believe it was called the Alpha Coleman, to redeem it and bring it back. Well, when Jesus took it out, he broke it. Then he said these words, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. The stripes and the bruises foretold of his body that would bring healing to us. Thirty-nine lashes. I said that there are 30, 39 major diseases. They're all taken away. It's, he has brought healing to us. So, Father, we, as we look to the bread, we rejoice, Father God, and the blessing in partaking of this bread, the brokenness of Jesus' body, to bring us excellence of health. So, Father, we receive this bread in remembrance of him. Thank you, Lord. After the same manner, he also took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Jesus, the spotless Lamb of God, poured out his blood that we might be spotless. So, Father, we thank you for the gift of salvation and the blood that cleanses from all sin. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
lot of things are happening in the world. I, I believe Jesus is anxious to split the eastern skies and calls up. I think the Father is looking down, seeing what this world has, and what mankind is doing to itself without the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's looking for that last one soul to be saved before he calls us up. It might be the soul that you're going to win. We got to get busy. <laughs> Find that individual. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Okay, well, we'll have the. The Christian life is like. Christian life is like breathing in and breathing out. One more time. The Christian life is like breathing in and breathing out. In for strength and training. So everybody take a deep breath. In for strength and training. Out for ministry and service. So put it all together. The Christian life is like breathing in and out. In for strength and training. Out for ministry and service. How many are holding their breath? Well, I shouldn't ask that question today. Well, happy Father's Day to, to the gentleman out there. We'll just get started right away here. The best thing a father can do for his children is to love their mother. If you're a godly dad, you need to forsake all others. Heart mind and soul, and love your wife. I think the ladies like that. We are to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for us. It is, <laughs> it is loving each other, other that the parents create a stable, sound home. Besides loving his wife, in order to be a good father, a man must be committed to his children. It's really very easy to become a father, but it's difficult to be a godly father in the home. First of all, you must be a godly man. Second, and very obvious, you have to be in the home. 
Without fathers in the home, children will lack the emotional center that a father helps to provide. Um, whether or not we have earthly fathers that were seeking us and seeking our spiritual well-being uh, is, you know, where it is right now. But if you'll turn to Psalm 68... Psalm 68, and we'll look at verses 5 and 6. From the Amplified, a father of the fatherless and a judge and a protector of the widows is God in his holy habitation. God places the solidarity of in families and gives the desolate a home in which to dwell. He leads the prisoners out to prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a parched land. Wow. So, God, for those that, uh, oh, let me read that from the uh, King James. A father of the fatherless and a judge to the widow is, is, the God, is God in his holy habitation. God sets the solidarity in family. So, glory to God. When things aren't right, God is there, you know, in the home. Okay, God searched the earth and found a young girl who found favor with him. God also look, was, went looking for a father, and he called Mary and Joseph as a couple. So we're going to be looking at Joseph this morning. Even as God chose Mary to be one who would give birth to his son, so he mightily uh, provided the province. He chose Joseph to be the father of Jesus, to raise him into, a, into manhood. So Mary and Joseph were the chosen together to be parents. A father is not only needed for the physical act of conceiving a child, they are also needed for a spiritual act in raising children. Right. Jesus was conceived in the womb by uh, womb of Mary by the Holy Spirit. That miracle took place, glory to God. But a man was still needed to fill the role of a father in Jesus' childhood, and it was Joseph. Now, for those, we know this happens, uh, for those single parents, don't despair. Um, your children are not beyond hope because either the father or mother is gone. God is gracious. So let's go to, turn back into the book of uh, Psalms one more time, and we'll go to Psalms 27. Psalms 27, looking at verse 10 from the Amplified, it says, Although my father and my mother have forsaken me, yet the Lord will take me up, adopt me as his child. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, uh, 
teach your teach your children that hey you've got you've got a a good father, good mother. God will adopt you as His child. So single parents, uh, you, you can be applauded. Uh, bless bless you for your diligence with your children. You know, there's uh, it's I think it's said in the inner city that's over 80 percent inner cities, you know, big cities, 80 percent. There's 80 percent of um, homes without fathers. That is, yeah. All we are. Oh, let me. I'm gonna get that now. Let's go to. I get on soapbox. I never get off. Okay. Let's go to book of Matthew, chapter one. And we'll begin reading in verse 18 from the King James. That's Matthew chapter 1, beginning verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled that which is spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall, shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted is, God is with us. And Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had been him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Well, chapter 2 of Matthew. Let's go down to verse 13. And, then, and when they had departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and, when that, and, and be there until I bring... A, Bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. Let's go down to verse 19. Matthew chapter 2, verse 19. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother, and they came to the land of Israel. Glory to God. So what do we know about Joseph, who took Mary for his wife? One, he was a loving man, a caring man, a kind and affectionate man, 
in his relationship with Mary. He loved Mary and respected and made a real commitment towards her. As we have read here, um, he found, finds her to be pregnant and is, you know, he doesn't want to do anything to her because at that time if it was known and he would leave her, she could be stoned. It was, you know, something. But he has a dream. The angel appears for, before him. And he receives the word from the Lord. So we find out not only that, he's obedient to God. He has to be a godly man. There's no exception. He didn't say, what if? What, what, what's, going, what's the talk of the town, this type of thing? No, he says, you know, I'll do what the Lord says to do. And uh, towards Jesus, Joseph showed no indifference towards him. He adopted Jesus as his own. Glory to God. Now that means he, you know, he raised Jesus just as if he, he were his own, okay? He showed that he protected Jesus from the hatred of Herod. As soon as he found out that uh, Herod wanted to kill Jesus, the baby, he immediately took Jesus and the mother and went to Egypt. Glory to God. He nurtured and cared for Jesus. Through life, he taught Jesus his own trade as a carpenter. I mean, uh, not, you know, nowadays, uh, it, children don't follow their, their parents' uh, um, jobs oftentimes. You know, they find something, they want to do something else. But here he, he showed Jesus a trade and he followed through on it. And Jesus was a master at carpentry, as well as his other brothers, if you'll find out. Okay, Joseph, we found out, was a devout man. He was a man who obeyed God. In the dream, he found out, leave, take the child, flee. And when did it say he did it? Immediately. So as soon as he had that dream, he woke up and says, something's got to take place. He got Mary up. Got the baby, and they left. I mean, that's pretty rough. He's leaving his job, his security, to leave. And most of us, if we were told by God, let's get up and move. Most of us would say, uh, give me a couple of uh, days, or, uh, you know, i got to figure out a place to go, or... You know, I got to get a job before I get there. No, immediately he, he followed through on what the Lord told him to do. So he obeyed God. He followed the Lord's leading and direction when told to flee to Egypt. Immediately. Wow. And then also, when the Lord told him that everything was clear, they left Egypt again. Dropped everything. How long that took? Who knows? I think it was five, five or six years, almost. So then they, he returned. That means he, lo he left his job again, his trade. That is wonderful. Joseph was a man of faith. Man of faith that obeyed 
and made no excuses. I think all of us need to look at that and try to, uh, no, not try, we need to follow through. When we hear what God's word tells us, we need to do it and not say, well, you know, that's for Laurel to do. That's, that's right. Right? Find somebody else. No, that's not what, that's not, when the Lord talks to you, he's talking to you to do something. He might have you talk to somebody that they may do something, such as he, when he talked to Nathaniel, the prophet, to David. David had to do something. But it wasn't until Nathaniel spoke to him. But Nathaniel had to have, get, the, get the word from, from the Lord to do it. So we need to operate quickly. He had faith to obey and made no excuses. As fathers, your faith will speak to your children. We need to raise them in an environment towards God. Joseph learned to lean on God. As parents, we need to lean on God in raising our children. I wish we, we would have known a few of these things when we were raising ours. But we did our best as we could, okay? Um, Joseph was a man who was inspired and lived his faith. Are we inspired to live our faith before our families? Well, a lot of times we were, we're inspired to live our faith before our families, but we don't are not inspired to live our faith in the, in, at the job site or at a, out in the public. You're out, out in the public with your kids, you know, using the kids because we're... How are we acting? <laughs> you drive into the parking lot, you see your space open, you start to go there and someone takes it, your kid's in the car and you're yelling, you dirty so-and-so, get out of my parking spot. Good example. Did you see what that person did? Murmur and complain, boy, that kids learn a lot. One way or the other. Huh. So Joseph set a great example for his family. He must have went to the to temple or to church every Sunday. And he attended all the feasts. Remember one of the feasts? We, we, we looked at the feasts. First one of the feasts was what? We just, this is the example of which feast? 
Anybody else? Everybody says same? Passover, yes. Then one of the other, what was the next feast that they did? It was 50 days later? Oh, okay. And then the, then the, the end feast at the end of the year? We didn't talk about that one too much, did we? <laughs> the tabernacle, Feast of the Tabernacle, so forth. The in gathering. The first gathering was for the barley. The second one is for the wheat. Okay. Let's, let's turn to, uh, since we're, let's go to uh, the book of Luke. I know it's someplace in this book. Luke chapter 2. Look at this. Luke chapter 2, verse 41. Now his parents, Mary and Joseph, went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. So, not only, Joseph was showing his children, because at this time, it was not only Jesus, but he had brothers and sisters, and they went, not only went to church, the temple, but they also attended all the, the feasts that they, that they were supposed to do. He was regularly going into the house of God, chapter 4 of Luke. Look at verse 16, 4 of 16. This is talking of Jesus, but it's going to have a reflection on Joseph. That's chapter 4 of Luke, verse 16. And he, when he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as a, his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood there to read. So what did Jesus do? What would Joseph do on the Sabbath day? They attended church. He brought all the kids with them. Screaming and yelling and kicking and biting. You know. I don't want to go. I'm... You're going. Of course, we know if, if we've talked about some of the Jewish on, on the Sabbath day, you know, it starts at sunset and goes over. So it's a Friday night at sunset that starts the Passover or, or the, the Sabbath. And at, after the sun goes down, they had their evening meal. And we talked about this. What did, they, what did the, the father and mother do when the children were around the table? Blessing. They spoke blessings. You are a son of Abraham. You are blessed. You are, pros you are prosperous. You, you deal with prosperity. Prosperity is going to be in your hands. What you put your hand to shall prosper. You can speak things and bring them to pass. You're above. You're not below. 
And how many of us here sat at the table and heard things opposite? Well, you did it again, didn't you? You got into trouble. How stupid are you? You'll never amount to anything as you continue in this way. How many children hear that? Yes, too many. But, but you know, if we don't look at, into things of the Jewish culture, we're not going we, to find out some of the blessings that help direct the children's lives. And one of them is sitting at the table and telling, their, telling your children, hey, you're blessed. You'll always be on top. You never lack for money. You will be smart. You'll be at the head of the class. And when children begin to be fed that way, they get a good feeling about themselves. And when they go out into the world, hey, they don't expect anything less. So if you got little ones or you got old ones, hey, aim the word at them and let them have it. That's what Joseph did. Joseph, it was a custom. <laughs> we would tell the kids, as long as you're in this house, you'll follow by these rules. Take them by the ear, you're coming along. You can do it afterwards. We had one that loved to surf. He says, well, if you want to surf, We'll take the truck, we'll put the surfboard in it, but you're going to church first. Well, there's a couple of the kids, that, that this is back in Santa Cruz. So there was a surfboard in the back of the truck. <laughs> he and his, as soon as the surface was over, they went out. But that got him to church, he had to listen. You know, sometimes they're doing, they're scribbling. And, Now, some of you sometimes, I think, you're drawing pictures and all that stuff. But the word will get in. Okay. Glory to God. And, and when they stray off, it says when they stray off, should they stray off when they get older? Start to reel them back in. Tell the Lord, hey, they, be, they were there. We're bringing them in. That's where your prayers are. Your prayers have a hook. The hook's the gospel and it's already in there. Just start to bring it in. Lord, they've been there. I'm battling the devil. He's not going to have them in the world. That's where the fish is out in the world. Come on. Bring, read your kids back in. Oh boy. Again, Joseph was a loving man towards his wife and his children, and entire family. He displayed his devotion to the Lord. He was a man of faith. He was obedient, and he was the spiritual leader. Okay, finally, again, Joseph was a wise man. He redeemed his time. Uh, 
by redeeming his time, he did that which the Lord called him to do. Now, we don't, apparently Joseph's lifespan wasn't real long because the last time we hear of him was when, a little after, when Jesus was 12 years of age and he was at the temple and they thought, and they started going home and they thought they, they were with the rest of the group and Jesus was still talking to the, everybody at the temple there. And so they came back. And that's the last time we hear of Joseph. So he had a short time to instill things. We don't know our, our, our lifespan, but he had a time and he used that time to raise his children right. Joseph had used the time he had given wisely. He had provided for his family. He was a carpenter. He raised Jesus as a carpenter. More like he raised these other boys as carpenters. Of course, the girls followed Mary's path and learned how to cook. So, men... Buy things, you know, the Proverbs 31 woman. So it takes everyone in the family. Um, Joseph set an example for them that they would remember, just like we just read here in Luke. As his custom was, he went to the Sabbath. Jesus went to church. Imagine the rest of the family did the same. Nobody strayed from that. He raised them in the nurture of the admonition of the Lord. Hallelujah. What a heritage to be raised in the house of God. To know the things of God. To be able to, you know... For the Jews, they had to re recite a lot of the Word of God. You know, um, they would write things on the wall. That now we call them plaques or something. And you have scripture written on the wall. You know, be in, in my house shall. Some, some even have the Ten Commandments. <laughs> Lord's Prayer, and so forth. Again, Jesus was not, was not the only child. Um, Joseph raised other sons and daughters in the Lord. Can anyone tell me the two other brothers that Jesus had offhand? James. And I, just, I'm really testing you guys this today. <laughs> it's in the New Testament. It has to be. And, it, and his brother's name started with a J too. Not two, but. They wrote two. The other bro, brother wrote a book. And it's named after him. You got one James and. Jude. Wow. Wow. 
Jude says half-brother. No, James says half-brother. Jude says the brother. So, two brothers, two other brothers followed through. I mean, that is strong. Both, and James happened after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. James became the first leader of the church in Jerusalem. Wow. So Joseph, when he raised his ch uh, children in the ways of the Lord, he left behind a legacy. In those days they would say, how they put it? Uh, James, we're going to the other, James and John, the sons of thunder, then they gave the, the, their name. Okay, you've got James and Jude, the son of Joseph, whose brother was and is Jesus. Wow, glory to God. Now let's ponder a couple of things. Are we, as parents, Really walking in love in the love of God as Joseph did? Are we walking in kindness? Are we walking in the grace of God? Are we walking in mercy? All these are examples that, that Joseph showed that in, the, in the few brief scriptures that we looked at in raising his children and being espoused to Mary. He showed, he showed kindness, he showed his graciousness, and he showed mercy. Two, are we living a devout, honorable, and godly lives? He was obedient. He used his faith. And he was a faithful leader, or a spiritual leader of the house. Wow. We said that, uh, well, we know that Joseph was, uh, was still alive at, when Jesus was 12 years of age. So he had to, he had, did, of course, we don't know when the, our time is over. In the natural, we don't know. Right now, None of us should go. We're so close to the rapture. that. But with that 
with the rapture happening so quickly, are we, are we redeeming the time? It says, as you see the time approaching, you need to redeem your time. It means we need to be doing something. Doing something for the Lord. Are we encouraging our family at every opportunity? We're talking about children. We could talk about aunts, uncles. Are we setting an example for them? Joseph did. Are we providing for their needs? So let's uh, turn to First Timothy. In First Timothy chapter five. Mainly is speaking to fathers, but you know, they're like again, like I said again, um, we have single parents here, so it also is implied to them. But actually, mainly this is talking to fathers. Uh, that's uh, did I second say second Timothy or first? First, okay, First Timothy chapter five. Verse 8, I'm going to read it from the Amplified. It's 5, 8. If anyone fails to provide for his relatives, and especially for those of his own family, he has disowned the faith by failing to accompany it with its fruits, and is worse than an unbeliever who performs his obligations in these manners. Wow. So, fathers should provide for the family, not only the areas of finances, taking care of them, but how about affection? Um, let me tell you a quick story. A dad comes home, a little bit tired, you know, lays down on the couch there, and picks up his paper, start reading it, and his little boy comes running in. And the little boy says, Daddy, how much money do you make an hour, for an hour? He says, what do you want to know that for? Daddy, tell me how much you make an hour. He says, I make $20 an hour. This is way back then, so, you know, we're good. Oh. Says, the boy says, can I have $10? Dad blows up. What do you want $10 for? I work hard for that ten dollar, the twenty dollars, and you want half of it? You're just gonna buy some crazy toy. Go to your room. But daddy, just ten dollars. Go to your room. So the kid goes off in the room. Dad just picks up the paper, starts reading. What does he want the money for? So he, says, he goes to. Goes into the room and the kid's sitting on his, at his, on his chair there or bed or desk and he says, son, what do you need the $10 for? So I want to get it something special. But 
Ah, okay, I'll give you the $10. They go reach in his pocket and give him the $10. And the kid takes the $10. Good, and he runs over to the desk, pulls open the drawer, and pulls out a wad of money. <laughs> and the father looks at him and says, Why do you want $10? He says, Wait a minute. He puts the $10 down, and he goes, and he unrolls the button. They had ones, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty dollars. And he looks at his dad and says, here's twenty dollars. I want an hour of your time. Do we have affection for our children? Or are we just going out there, making a living, providing for them, but not giving them our time. Kind of should have hit you. It hit me. Are we good examples for our children? Do we give our children godly counsel? I'll go out and do it any way you want, just as long as you get it. Be number one. Kick the other guy in the leg so he can't play, and you can get play, go in there and play. Hello? Godly counsel. Do we have a loving concern? When our kids go... Astray a little bit. Do we, do we have loving concern or are we just hammering it down on it? Whew. Do we show our children joy and laughter and warmth? Are we just cold and businesslike? Just $10, Daddy. Just $10. Yes, we must provide for our own. Boy, perfect timing. Joseph wasn't perfect, but he was devoted and committed to God and entrusted to his family. That's what we need to be. Amen. A little different. You know, as you're as uh, our your children grow up, for those that have young ones, your children grow up, and sometimes you wonder, did I do right? But the best thing that you can hear afterwards is, Dad, Mom, thank you for being strict with me and leading me in the right direction. I love you for it. Not, you know. Or thank you for being an example that I can follow. You've given me uh, good morals, good education. You know, prepare them for the world. You know, 
Not all of us have had that. And uh, if you haven't had that, if your parents are still alive, go speak to them. Forgive them so you love them. Give them something to think about. Because only you can change their hearts, their hearts. Okay. I got a bag over here. I'm gonna be the bag man. <laughs> not, not the bag, bag lady. Not the bag lady. You wanna be a bag lady? No. <laughs> Nope. Nope, I don't I didn't. Nope. Oh, the difference between um, well if you look at the book of James you find out that um, he wrote there to the church. Uh, talking about how, how to straighten up their act, but Jude was strong. Jude was very strong. When you read, read the book, he was very strong. He says, you know, I, I, I like to say some good things, but there are some things you need to straighten out on. Of course, James was beheaded early, early in the... Right in his pastorate at Jerusalem. Because, remember, uh, Herod wanted to make an example of him, and he also took... He got Peter. Remember, he put him in jail. And it was, the same thing was going to happen to Peter. But prayer prevailed in the church. Glory to God. And the doors opened and Peter walked out. He said, this is a dream. It's a dream. And he went and knocked on the door. And can, you, can anybody tell me who answered the door? Oh, my, I'm skipping, I think I could see it, see it, see it, but in my mind. Oh. I was going to say Lydia, but it's not Lydia. Anyway, he knocked on the door, and, it, and she, she opened it, you know, they had a little, opened the door, it's Peter, and she ran back and told the elders, hey, we need to stop praying, Peter's out, and he said, nah, you're seeing things. They didn't believe in their own prayer. But, you know, as I said, James was beheaded. Peter got out. Jude wrote his book later and told him, hey, we need to straighten up ourselves. And that's where you find, find where he talks about being twice dead. Don't fall back into the old system because some of you are not going to come back out. Okay, that's... Holy faith, yes. Okay.